Welcome to Walking with Freya, a journey through special needs parenting. This podcast is a place for parents and caregivers of children with special needs to share stories, the very real struggles and challenges we face, along with the inevitable love and joy these children have brought into our lives. This is a place for unapologetic honesty, well-intentioned laughter, and endless support. A safe place for us to learn, share, discuss, and help each other navigate this often unexpected journey. Be kind, be supportive, and when you can, keep the humor. My name is Annie, and welcome to Walking with Freya. A few months ago, I sat down with a local woman and new mother, Ashley. Her daughter, Willow, at the time of our talk, was 11 months old, diagnosed with Down syndrome. I will admit that there was a part of me that questioned whether I should do this interview. Ashley had reached out to me about telling her birth story, and at first I was very excited and said, of course, I would love to hear it. But as the time got closer and I had some more interviews under my belt, I began to question my ability to properly hold space for someone not even a year into their journey. I remember how raw and intense that first year was for me, how sensitive and exposed I felt, and I just wanted to be sure that I could hold a safe space for her to talk about this time. Then Ashley came to my house, and she began to talk, and I listened. And I sat there in awe of her strength, her openness, and her ability to speak with such clarity about her experience the unexpected cesarean, the ridiculously ignorant and unhelpful comments from medical professionals, and her continued push for others to acknowledge that her baby was not a Down syndrome baby, but yet a beautiful, strong being whose name is Willow. In an email to me, Ashley referred to our conversation as the start of a beautiful, emotionally healing journey. I am grateful to have had the opportunity to hear her story and the many other stories of this community. There is power and healing in talking about our experiences, sharing our truths, not just the polished versions, but the raw, uncut, messy stories that we carry along with us. These are hard lives at times, but we're getting through, and it's all the more sweeter when we can do it together. I am so grateful for all of you. Thanks for being here. Ashley, thank you for being here. Um, I am here with Ashley, a woman, a local woman, and she reached out to me. She has an 11-month-old daughter who was born with Down syndrome, Mm -hmm. and her name is Willow. And Ashley, uh, how would you like to start? Do you want to tell us a bit about your birth story, or do you want to... Tell us about yeah. your daughter. Where yeah, do you feel comfortable? Okay. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you a little bit about my birth story because okay. it was, was so, so new so <laughs> new, and not what I had thought it would be. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, my daughter's name is Willow. She's awesome. And she was born five weeks early. I was 35 weeks pregnant um, when she was born. And I had this beautiful vision of 
this like all natural childbirth, you know, at home. I, have, I was working with um, a doula who I just love so much and we just worked so hard on on envisioning my birth plan and, and what I wanted to share with people when they entered our space. And I was so ready to just have this magical experience. And at my like 34 week routine checkup, the doctor said, well, you know, she, she's just, she just seems a little bit small. So why don't we just have an ultrasound to check on her? I'm sure everything's fine. Just, you know, have an ultrasound and it'll be fun to get to see your baby again. And I was thinking like, oh great, I'm excited to see her again. And I didn't think I would have any more ultrasounds while I was pregnant. So um, in that ultrasound, they were like, yeah, she's like about four pounds-ish. And I remember thinking, gosh, that seems a little small. And the whole ride home from the ultrasound, I kept telling my husband, Steve, you know, I think, I think that's small. Like, I, I think something's up. And Steve's like, no, no, it's fine. And it was on a Friday night. My appointment was at 4 o'clock on a Friday, yeah. like right before the New Year holiday, too. So we're just like, oh, it's going to be New Year's. And so then I got a call from the doctor the day, January 2nd, you know, back when people go back to work. They were like, why don't you come in? I was like, is everything okay? And he said, well, she's measuring below the fifth percentile, and we just need to figure out why. So come on in and let's figure it out. And I went to the hospital that day. I went to the doctor, and they admitted me to the hospital, and then I never went home. <laughs> and they just, uh, she, was, she was just really small, and they couldn't figure out why. And they did a bunch of blood tests, and they thought it might have been a virus, or it might have been something. And then the doctor said, while we were in the kind of like triage space, um, she just said, you know, and one of the things it could be like a chromosomal thing, that's why she's small, and we'll just see. And she was like, don't, don't worry, like, we just need to figure out why. And so I just stayed in the hospital pretty much, and then they transferred me to St. Joe's because we were at just 35 weeks exactly. And they gave me all the steroid shots to help boost her lungs, and... And they just monitored me every day, and they said, well, the goal is to keep her in as long as we can. And they would do ultrasounds routinely. And then the one morning on January 4th, so two days later, on January 4th, they said, she's going to be born today. <laughs> she's my, um, my amniotic fluid was dropping, and the something technical that I don't really know... <laughs> how to explain very well because I forget but the gist of it was the umbilical cord wasn't doing its job totally like okay. the nutrients all the nutrients weren't, weren't getting to her which is why she was a little bit smaller um come to find out later which is the reason why she was a little bit smaller but um there was something restricting the flow of her umbilical cord and so it just kind of got to that point where um the flow just wasn't cutting it enough and she needed to be born and she was breech and it was going to be too much stress to try a version and so I had a c-section and the the um the doctors come in you know and they're like okay it's, it's almost time and then it's like a whole party train people coming in and out of your room you know it's like they need to get an IV in and they need to, you know, they want to swab your asshole for like some bacteria right. or something. I don't know. <laughs> and then the anesthesiologist came in and all this stuff. We don't have to put the bottles. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs>
<laughs> I can take it out if you want. Or, I mean, or leave it in, whatever. But if it's inappropriate. <clears throat> but, um, no. <laughs> Nothing's inappropriate. Then, the I think the most... Um, the thing that kind of shocked me the most and it made me really realize that we were having a baby is all the things were done. I was totally prepped. My husband was gone. They took him to get prepped too. And the surgeon came in and she said, you just need to prepare yourself because in, in most cases like this, the babies don't make it. So you just need to make sure that, <laughs> make sure that you're ready for that. Like wow. how the actual heck do you get ready for that? Right. And, and couldn't you have told me when my husband was there? <laughs> like, right. Like, and then, and then they're like, "All right, get on out of bed and walk into the OR." <laughs> it's like the weirdest feeling ever. So, <laughs> yeah, I've had this conversation with. Um, there's actually a podcast that Laura does, a local yeah. woman. Yeah, like you should. I can put you in touch with her. Um, but we've had that conversation a few times of like. You know, at what point do medical professional professionals give you information? Like, yeah. what should they tell you? How much? Yes. And, uh, yeah, like, that one seems like maybe it's an okay thing to know before you go in, but that was yeah. not addressed well, is yes. what it sounds like. It de- it, I definitely... <laughs> like, it was just very clinical. Like, it okay. Was very clinical, Yeah. And I felt like, well, if my baby might die, then why have we not done anything sooner? I just, it was a whole mixed bag. Wow. Like, I've been here for days. What do you mean that <laughs> she might not make it? Um, but she did. <laughs> she yeah. did. And it was, it was, all things considered, it was pretty cool. She, so the, actually one thing, I walked into the operating room, they didn't roll me in, which at first I thought was really strange, but I... Looking back, I'm really glad that I walked in because it was the only thing that I had control over in the mm. entire experience. It mm. was like the only choice that I got to make. Like, wow. I remember stopping before the doors and like, oh my gosh, do I want to go in there? <laughs> like, am I sure I want to go in this room? And um, and I did. <laughs> but so yes, yeah, so I went into the operating room and they're like, hop up on the table. <laughs> Like I'm so pregnant. How am I gonna hop up on the table? Anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I get up on the table, and one one really cool thing about the operating room though that day was that Willow was born into a room of women. There's two women surgeons who d- did the C-section on all women nursing staff, and the anesthesiologist was a man, but he 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 just was really welcoming and. Um, really nice. And I just felt really like, wow, that's a cool story to tell us. She was born by all, you know, two yeah. women delivered her, strong woman, you know. Yeah. But uh, then, so she was born at um, like 3.58 p.m. And she didn't, she didn't cry right away. And they just immediately took her over to the little like table or whatever Mm -hmm. and there's a then the pediatrician came into the operating room and I remember thinking like aren't aren't they gonna let me see her Mm -hmm. like is she okay because I had this like really long talk with the people before like it's really important to me that at least you let me put put her on my skin you know after she's born and they kept saying if if it's possible we can and so the fact that they didn't right away just immediately 
put me like into a worried state. And then, and then they took her away. And I was like, what the heck? And then Steve went with her because Steve and I made a pact. If she goes, go with her. Like, don't, I don't want her to be alone without one of us. And so they went to the NICU and like, I don't remember the time limit, but maybe like five, 10 minutes later, either it was Steve or somebody came back in and said, she's okay. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> wow. And you're still laying there. They're yeah, sewing they're you still up. sewing me up. Yeah. Which takes considerably longer than I thought. It does. That's what I, because Freya yeah. was cesarean and yeah. they got her out so quick. Yes. Um, and then, but for me, I got to have her next to me. So mm-hmm. that really helped. I just, yeah. I imagine that must have been slightly terrifying to be yeah. laying there and you don't have control of your body. You can't go anywhere and your baby's not in the room. They've yeah. taken her. It was really, it was really a trip. Mm-hmm. And I didn't under, I just, I didn't understand what was happening. I just, mm-hmm. I, I feel like once they admitted me to the hospital and it was like something's wrong. I kind of felt like all of my emotions just got zipped away and I was just in this like strong, okay, I'm going to make it. It's going to be okay mode. And it was just like, just let it happen to you. Like, don't fight it. Just go with it. Like, just let the people who know what they're doing, let them lead the situation. And I tried to take all of the emotion out of it because I think it was just a little bit too much for me mm-hmm. to handle in that in that moment. Um, yeah. Well, you kind of you got to face it. You just you got to yeah. do what you got to do. Yeah. Like, all right. Well, we're not anywhere near where we thought we were going to be. This is where we are, and we're just going to make it okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. But she, somebody told me she was okay, and then I found out later that. She just needed a little help starting to breathe. She wasn't breathing right away. Or not, she wasn't breathing well enough right away. So they helped her out. And then they were like, she's three pounds. <laughs> she was she was three pounds and 14 ounces. Wow. And I remember thinking like, cool. Like I didn't even realize <laughs> that it was so small because I hadn't seen her yet. And I'm like, great. Like, I'm going to, I just remember thinking like, oh, I've got to remember that. Like, cause that's what people ask you. Right. You know, like how much did your baby weigh? And I remember when they told me like, okay, remember those numbers, you know, three pounds, 14 ounces. And, um, then I went to the recovery room and it all happened so fast that my, my doula Kate, she didn't make it to the delivery, but she made it right after the delivery. And so I remember just seeing her and just, oh, okay. Like, it's okay, Kate's here. <laughs> like she's gonna make it okay. And so Kate and I sat in the recovery room and I was so high on morphine, uh-huh. like holy cow. And I just remember saying thank you so much to everybody. I'm like, thank you, thank you, she's alive, thank you. And then Kate's like, It's okay, honey, it's okay. <laughs> like, thank you. And then um and then they're fine and then Steve came in with my cell phone. And he showed me a picture of her on my phone, and that was the first time I saw her. <laughs> and um, she just looked so perfect and beautiful and round and pink. And I was like, this is not small. You know, what are you talking about? She's so small. There's something wrong. No way. And then they, 
I remember Kate was like, she needs to see her baby. Like, she needs to see her baby. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you, thank you. Kate's like, take her to her baby. Yeah. And I feel like so much, like, that's why women need other women. Because when you're not, like, ready to, or capable of really uh-huh. advocating for yourself, that's when, like, your people do it for you, you know. I'm so glad Kate was there. Because then they wheeled me into the NICU. I got to meet her. And they put her on my chest. And she had a feeding tube in, which just broke my heart. They put a feeding tube in before I even got to see her little face. But um, but she was doing great. And, yeah. So how long was she in the NICU for? She was in the NICU for 14 days. Okay. So, yeah, 14 days. It felt like 14 years. Mm. (laughs) Every day in the NICU felt... Very long. Mm-hmm. And were you able to stay with her, or did you have to go home at night? We went home at night. We were discharged. I was discharged pretty early, and I think like a day and a half later. Oh, and um, and she wasn't. And St. Joe's doesn't have like a like a pr- private little area, you know. It's just uh-huh. all like one small room. Yeah. Um. But we stayed, I think we were there probably like 15, 16 hours a day. We were living in Arcata at the time, so we would drive home to sleep. I was like really regimented about my pumping schedule because mm-hmm. I really wanted her to not have any formula like at all. And like looking back now, I was like, whatever, formula's <laughs> not the devil, but I just had that feeling then. Yeah. But um, So I would just make sure that I would pump right before I left. And then I would go home with time to pump before I went to bed for a few hours, get up, pump, and then take it to the hospital. And so we were, I was on this, like, really, it was really important to me back then. I just remember, like, my pumping schedule is the most important thing. Like, (laughs) I will not deviate from this. Yeah. It's funny, like, what you really grasp onto Uh in times where things seem a little out of control. Right, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's another thing that you had control over. Yeah. Totally. And I just, I just remember thinking, like, why are they keeping her here? Like, I just looked at the NICU doctors and the nurses, even though, you know, most of the time they were great. I just looked at them like the enemy. It's like, why are you taking her from me? Like, what, why are you doing this to me? But that wasn't the case. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, she just, you know, and honestly, now looking back, I don't even know. Like, I sh- look, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I should have taken her home, I feel, a little bit earlier, because there was nothing that they were doing. Like, I was feeding her, I was changing her diaper, and she didn't have any machines or medicines or... There was nothing that she needed from the NICU. It was just that she was small. They wanted her to be four pounds before she went home. Okay. And she was when she was discharged, but... Yeah, I mean... When um, the the smallest that we... That Frey ever got was five pounds, 13 ounces. And we were at home. And yeah. I remember the midwife weighing her and then leaving. And my husband and I were just like... Why are we allowed to be at home with this baby? She's so <laughs> tiny. <laughs> so, I mean, four pounds is 
pretty tiny. She was so small, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't. Well, she's your first. Yeah, she's my first baby. And Steve and I weren't um, like kid people before mm-hmm. we had her. We didn't have really any friends who had babies um, that we were close with, and we didn't spend a lot of time like thinking about what it would be like in the practical sense Mm -hmm. it was always very romantic and dreamy and all our Mm -hmm. dreams for her and it was never like oh you have to change the diaper this way or or something you know what I mean well I imagine that that could be seen as like a blessing not having all these expectations and this prior examples of what she's supposed to be like so if there wasn't like this mold that she wasn't filling she was just able to be who she is yeah totally I think looking back now too I think they wanted to keep her because they thought she had down syndrome too you know they Mm -hmm. they did um the the day after she was born I guess I could tell you how I found out she had down syndrome that's like the next part about it so we um the day after she was born I like woke up in my hospital bed and it was the first time in the whole experience where I, I was able to exhale like oh my gosh everything's okay <laughs> she's here she's with me she's safe she's healthy she made it she's doing great and she was beautiful and perfect and my parents had arrived like at midnight that morning um, so they were there, and Steve was there, and it was just like, oh my gosh, okay, everything's okay. And I kid you not, like, the minute that I'm having this, like, awakening, the pediatrician walks in, and he's like, hey, and I'm like, hey. I thought he was, like, coming to say how great she was or something, you know? I'm like, yeah, good morning, <laughs> you know? Like, wow, that was a doozy yesterday, <laughs> you know? I just, I just... I just thought it was going to be like a congratulations speech in which, you know, in a way it, it kind of was, but he's like, so we see some soft markers and I was, I was like, soft markers, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. He's like, we see some soft markers for trisomy 21. I'm like, okay. Like, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, spit it out, doc. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you trying to say? And he was like, well, and he was very timid. Um, and he was young and I, I just remember being like, just say what you have to say, like, come on, spit it out. And he kept saying, well, you know, it's up to you. Like, do you want to do genetic testing? I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? Do I want to do genetic testing? Why? You know? And so he got to the point. He said, we think that she might have Down syndrome and, um, we, we think that you should have genetic testing done, but it's your choice. And... We were like, well, of course, yeah, we want to do that. Like, if you if you think that she's got some special chromosomal thing, we should know about it, I guess. So we 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 were like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. And they said, great, we'll draw our blood. And I remember thinking, like, no, I changed my mind. <laughs> no, she's so small. Yeah, she's barely got enough to begin with. Yes, yes. So. Um, so then it was like another, um, it felt like another blow, something to worry about, mm-hmm. you know? Um, 
and I remember saying to him, well, what, what do you mean soft markers? Like, what do you see? And he said, well, her, her eyes are a little almond shaped. And, and I said, oh, that's it? Like, okay, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I remember just like agonizing over my eyes in the mirror and like mm. trying to see like how my eyes were almond shaped and and I would just every time I was with her I would just stare at her like I would just like do I see it like do I see the the what what these people are telling me they see in you and I just I couldn't I was like she's beautiful and perfect and and you know but I just remember thinking like after everything, all the dust had settled, um, thinking that Down syndrome stole this, like, really precious time for me, and, like, I would just evaluate her appearance all the time, and I would just mm. try to find what they, <laughs> what they said they saw, and there were some times in there where some nurses, I felt, said some pretty crass stuff to me, like, um, there, there was another baby in the NICU with us, and then I remember this nurse, and I think I really believe that she was just trying to be helpful, mm-hmm. but she would bring Willow over, and I, because I would ask her, like, what do you, what do the doctors mean? Like, what do they mean they see soft markers? Like, can you help me see them too, so I can, like, stop agonizing over, is, is it, is it not? Is mm-hmm. it, is it not? And she brought Willow next to this baby who was also in the NICU and she said well do you see Willow's hands they're not like this baby's hands do you see mm-hmm. her eyes they're not like this baby's eyes and it's like everything she said like hurt me in a way that I'd never been hurt before mm-hmm. like what the heck <laughs> you know I just remember it was from very early on it was this stark contrast in the way that people saw her that she was um, different, and it just made mm. me feel sad because she was so. She wasn't different. <laughs> she was just a little baby. Well, I mean, that seems like Sorry. to compare. No, don't apologize at all. I mean, she could have found another way. Like that's I don't yeah. know. I would to to put her next to another baby and say she's not like this. She's not like that. It's amazing how insensitive people are yeah. without realizing it. Yeah, totally. And this same nurse was like, um, oh, are you going to do the genetic testing? And I'm like, yeah, we did. We took a blood test. She's like, oh, I can't wait to see the results. I have a, I have an opinion of what I think it is. <laughs> like, oh, my, oh my God. God. <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh I remember just being so, like, I don't know if I should feel, like, excited because I'm the teacher's pet now, or if, <laughs> like, it was just, it was so strange. Like, on top of postpartum, mm. like, in general, that time was so crazy. And every, I feel like every nurse that came into the NICU while we were there had something to say about Down syndrome every time they saw me and I just remember thinking like why do you guys all keep talking to me about Down syndrome what about her in her current beautiful 
state has anything to do mm. with all of your stereotypical preconceived ideas of what Down syndrome is. She's just a little baby. Can you just teach me how to change her diaper for heaven's sakes? Like, it's just everything was like, oh, Down syndrome. I'm like, no, her name's Willow. <laughs> like, what? what's wrong with you? And I was very ignorant um, about what Down, what Down syndrome is before Will was born, and it was, like, immediate, like, I better learn, because nobody else seems to know. <laughs> everybody has opinions. And... Everybody else has opinions, yeah. And, <sighs> yeah, so that's how I found out that she has Down syndrome, and that's how she was born. <laughs> I think it's, it's beautiful that you, <clears throat> as the mother, were able to still have that mindset and not get sucked into all of the especially being in like the the midst of like this medical scene and these people and their comments and just being able to be so just real with mm-hmm. it and just this is my baby she's a baby her name is willow <laughs> what part don't you get like that's yeah. all that's important it just felt so strange to me that everyone was so i excited interested in the fact that she had down syndrome and that was like the the thing that was least interesting to me and it just was like what like did i did this whole experience like transport me to an alternate universe like where where am i what's going on and people would be um like sorry around me you know Mm. like they would be very like oh oh how are you doing like i'm fine (laughs) and if i wasn't i'm sure as heck gonna not not gonna talk to you about it you know like um i just i hated that Mm -hmm. even though i felt sad which is hard for me to even say because I feel guilty sometimes about feeling sad about her diagnosis. But I I did feel sad, but it made me so angry that everyone expected me to be sad, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember I wanted to breastfeed her so bad. I just was like, that's my one thing in my my journey that's left. <laughs> like, I can do it. And the lactation consultant at the hospital, um, I was, I, I remember when we were in the NICU and I heard she was coming onto the NICU, I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, 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 I don't want to be around, I don't want to see her. She scared the shit out of me. She was so aggressive. And just like, she, she would tell me all the time that I should, um, choose to keep the feeding tube in willow and because if i took the feeding tube out and they had to bottle feed her she would never breastfeed or it would be a lot harder for her to breastfeed in the future i'm thinking to myself but if she has the feeding tube then she has to stay here and i want her to go home and she was three pounds so her entire body was smaller than my 
postpartum nipple was. Like, (laughs) your your boobs are so weird after you give birth. And, And we would try, like, all the time. We would try to breastfeed all the time. And she was five weeks early, and so she just wanted to sleep. She wasn't interested in nursing like at all she wasn't ready to be in the world yeah she wasn't ready she she just wasn't ready and eventually she did learn how to suck and we would practice with fingers and she did take a bottle which to me was very exciting i was like look at her go she's learning how to suck and then the lactation consultant would come in and just shit all over it like no bottles are the devil just like she didn't say that but that's how I felt you know <laughs> and I'm like why are you squashing her accomplishment right. look at her she's sucking I mean it's okay and I just like had this really like fearful relationship about breastfeeding right off the bat because I was so scared of this woman who was like you know breastfeed 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 and it was like oh my god and, you know it's so nerve-wracking and also, it's very strange because they're like, okay, I'm here to teach you how to breastfeed. Take your boobs out. <laughs> like, this whole team of nurses and lactation consultants are standing around you. It's so not organic. It's so forced. And it was just very um, uncomfortable. But the vibe was that... Um, oh, well, now we know that she has Down syndrome, so it's going to be really hard for her to breastfeed. And turns out it wasn't. Like, she learned how to latch on. It took her, like, two and a half months. Um, But all things considered, I think that was pretty dang good. Yeah. And um, So so she learned... She learned how to nurse, yeah. So Um, great. Yeah, it was awesome. She, she, She did great. Um, uh, well, it's funny. I got distracted by the dogs. <laughs> They're probably on the recording. Um, but yeah, when you said when, you know, it's like this whole group of people standing around you as you're trying to nurse your baby, yeah. you know, and it's like, and it becomes so clinical and so stressful and it just yeah. is that much harder. Like, yeah. Y- yes. It sounds like you just, like you have, like you have a very natural instinct for nurturing this baby and, Thanks. you know, knowing what she needs and you need to go home and just not be a medical case study and yes. <laughs> be able to totally yeah <clears throat> and I think just being home in general made me feel so much more comfortable mm-hmm. and I, I it just so much easier to try something new when you're in the comfort of your own home and no one's standing over your shoulders watching you or you or you know what grab your boob and try to shove it here yes. oh my god I had I'm just like I'm having a memory that I must have blocked of like being in uh the I don't know the nurse that was helping me like trying to get free like there was just a lot of grabbing my boob yeah putting it places yeah it's like wait a second I and I had nursed a baby for three years before that you, you knew know? what you were doing yeah yes it's so strange <sighs> it's it's on one hand, I appreciate that they're so forward and they're not shot. Like, I appreciate that. But on the other hand, like, whoa. <laughs> just because I just had a baby and just because you're a lactation consultant does not give you permission to grope me. Like, there's still some, like, yeah. boundaries there. <laughs> Come on, you know. <laughs> so, 
the breastfeeding was challenging at first. Um, and I felt a lot of judgment there with the community of lactation consultants in our area. And I, I felt a lot of, um, like pre-written destiny for her, like of (laughs) what they maybe read about once or twice instead of like actual experience. Um, and so my first experience with the lactation consultant didn't go that great. And then I switched, I went to a different one. And I went into her, her office and we're sitting and again, all she wanted to talk to me about was Down syndrome. How are you feeling? Like, how's Will? I'm like, I don't want to talk to you about her diagnosis. I want to talk to you about her latch. <laughs> like, right. can we talk about that, please? I'm here. And I really was very careful, too, in this particular situation. I was really careful about my intent. So I, sometimes I struggle with being clear with people, and I'm very passive sometimes and so I was like okay go in there tell her exactly what you need help with set the tone so I did that all she wanted to talk about was down syndrome and like how I'm feeling about down syndrome and and she was like you know do you get to go out of the house much I'm like what the heck does that have to do with this and then she told me you know when you go out of the house put Willow in a wrap against your chest that way her face is covered so people don't ask you questions and at that moment, I was like, okay, <laughs> the medical community is not our ally. They are not, <laughs> at least in my experience so far, this is n- not my safe place. Like, I was, looking, mm-hmm. I was looking to doctors and lactation consultants hoping that they would, like, get it, that they would know to just be a doctor or just be a lactation consultant, but I received the most unsolicited advice in that arena. Um, And when that woman said that to me, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I didn't say anything about going out. I didn't say anything about baby wearing. What the heck? Cover up her face? First of all, she has a beautiful face. Mm. Second of all, You should not say that to anyone, regardless of anything. Right. You know, I just had a baby. I was thinking I was like six weeks postpartum. And I was just like an open, vulnerable book, ready for people, you know, to just... So that was pretty rough. And that was kind of like a turning point a little bit for me in my postpartum journey. I was just like, man... This might be a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> like, you realize, like, all right. Okay, maybe we are, maybe our sitch is a little bit different. Okay, people are talking to me differently than I expected. People are saying different things to me. Nothing that I say seems to register. <laughs> it's like, it's this uh, really eye-opening experience. But, you know... It is what it was. And I think it made me stronger in a way. Hmm. Yeah. I I feel like I should put this episode out as like two medical professionals. (laughs) Everything you should not do. I know. I'm so sorry that this has been your experience. Yeah. it, It has been pretty gnarly. And I don't know why I am remembering all these things, but... Along the same lines, I have one more negative story. 
to share because I think it's really helpful for people to know what not to say. So I was going to a mother group, a breastfeeding support group, and um, a pediatrician, a traveling pediatrician, was invited to the group to just learn about breastfeeding, and he was from the East Coast, and so he like admittedly didn't know much about um, breastfeeding or, you know, raising babies. He was like, he was like, I think he said something like, you know, we learn how to take care of their bodies, but we don't learn about their like emotional or nurturing. And so I, I don't know anything about that. So can you please teach me? And he just sat and observed group and um, listened to like the challenges, the little latch challenges and the low supply challenges and all this stuff. And it just so happened to be a day where, you know, Willow was having an off day. She was cranky or something. I was running late and like, I think she fell asleep right as group ended. And so I ended up being the last person in the room while, I, while the leader of the group and the pediatrician were kind of just talking, like saying goodbye to each other. And then um, I was slowly kind of moving the baby into the raft to kind of get ready to leave. And the doctor said, and I didn't share anything about Down syndrome or anything in the group. And the doctor said something along the lines of, oh, you know, how you doing? Just trying to make small talk. And I said, oh, I'm doing really good. And he said, how's your baby doing? And I said, oh, she's doing great. And he said, how old is she? You know, whatever. Is she sitting up or is she, what is she doing right now? And the group leader goes, oh, well, she has Down syndrome. So right before I could even answer the question. And then it was like, oh, okay. And then they turned and walked away. It's like, huh, that really hurt me. Because wait a second, like, like yeah, she is sitting up. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. she is. <laughs> but you don't, you didn't get to hear that because you walked away after you heard Down syndrome. And mm. I was like, wow, okay. That's, this is how it's going to be. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> like, bring it on, world. I'm ready for you. But it's, it's kind of heartbreaking, I guess, realizing that that might be an upward battle. Um, so it's like, you know, don't, don't write somebody off just because, right. just because they, they're a little different than you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, <laughs> be careful with what you say to people, whatever their age or whatever their diagnosis, you know, well, I, oh, I just, through my experience, I've learned so much in this past year like the importance of people first language too and um I've learned in the medical community um people say, Oh, Down's baby, oh mm. Down syndrome birth. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a Down syndrome birth. Right. It it's was not a birth. A, it was a birth. That's it. You could stop there. <laughs> no. <laughs> or yeah, she's a baby and yeah, she has Down syndrome, but she's not defined by that for heaven's sakes. So uh-huh. people first language has been my big, at least this year, the theme of my year. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Sounds like you're getting set up to be a really great advocate. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. I, I hope so. I hope so. I don't know if you heard the episode I put out. Um, I think the last one was with Kate and uh, she's a local woman. I did hear that. Yeah. yeah. So that, you know, talking about that and just, um, and that came up the interview that's coming out tomorrow. Also, it's with a mom who's 
daughter has the same diagnosis as my daughter. And, uh, you know, at one point she's like, just, you know, this is a, per- it's a person first. Like this is, you know, yeah, she's totally. not defined by her diagnosis. Yeah. She is who she is. And yes. she, you know, so that's something that just keeps coming up. And I think that it is our job as parents amongst all the other things that we now have with these children. Yeah. One of our biggest jobs is to really get that message out there that these are children, these are people and they yeah. have this and that, you know, about them that is who they are, yeah. separate from anything else. And that, yeah. You know. Give give them a chance to write their own story before mm. you decide what the ending is. Like Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> like you were afforded that. Do that for do that for somebody who might have it a little bit harder. You know. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I feel that um, kiddos who have diagnoses that may um, provide them different abilities than their peers, they get more scrutiny and more judgment and more um, like underneath the microscope. Mm-hmm. And they have. I don't understand why. It's like, gosh, maybe, maybe sure, yeah, we need more supports. We need a little bit, maybe, you know, for for Willow specifically, she she needs a little bit of extra help. She needed a little bit of extra help learning how to suck. She needed a little bit of extra help learning how to, to do foods. You know, when we're practicing with solids, she she just she needs a little bit more support in in her milestones. But man, it would be so much more beautiful for her in her life to just have that, like, come alongside support rather than the, like, are you meeting this milestone? Nope. Okay. Just going to cross that off. Next. Are you doing this? Nope. Okay. Like, the the support rather than the judgment. I hope I can help her um, just foster that for her for her, the rest of her journey. But I imagine it's going to be quite challenging because I've noticed so much that people school educators or you know whomever in a place of a position of evaluating most more often than not comes from a place of judgment rather than like how can I support you Mm -hmm. anyway (laughs) so what are your services now are you at the regional center we're at the regional center okay and she sees um, a speech pathologist, Deb. And love her. <laughs> love Deb. Oh my gosh. I tell my husband Steve so often, like, thank God for Down syndrome because we have Deb. <laughs> like, Deb not only has taught, like, Willow how to do stuff, but she's taught me how to be a mom in a lot of ways. Mm. Like, <laughs> so many times I would go to therapy with Willow and I'm so tired and Deb's like, Why what's going on? Why are you so tired? And I'm like, Oh, you know, X, Y, and Z. Deb's like, Oh, why don't you try doing this? Sure enough, it works, you know? I'm like, Deb is really just the bomb. So we see Deb and we see um a woman who does um ABM also. Tara is her name. And um, she sees someone from Humboldt County Office of Education once a week. Okay, that comes to the house. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, she goes to um, um, the person that she sees with Humboldt County. She goes to her daycare, which is really nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, Will goes to child care. Um, 
and so and so her person goes to see her at her child care center, which has been a, a big gift. One less appointment to make a week. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that was, that's the most challenging part, I think, is all the appointments, the places you have to be. And they always, like, no matter how much, I'm like, yes, one o'clock, that's the perfect time. The next week when one o'clock rolls around that day, it's like not the perfect time. I'm like, dang it, why did I do that? Uh-huh. You know, so that's that's been challenging. My husband has been a big help um, recently in, in taking her to her appointments too, so that's been pretty cool. I, I took off the first six months of after Will was born. I took six months off work and I was doing it. Primarily by myself, um, doing her appointments and stuff. And the past few months, Steve's really been kind of sharing that load with me, and it's been really nice. So it doesn't feel as heavy, right? <laughs> having the the appointment load. But yeah, that's it right now. Do you make any trips to San Francisco or? Not yet. Okay. We're making our first trip um, in this coming year, in twenty nineteen. We're gonna go to Stanford Ch- okay. Children's Hospital at Stanford. For our first time, but yeah, we haven't been yet, so we'll see what that brings. Yeah. I'm I'm excited though because I feel like it's been so challenging just to even get the referral to go to Stanford. It 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 took a very long time for me to convince the doctor that I to write the referral for me. So or for Willow. So I'm really glad. Huh. It was just like, well, she has Down syndrome. Like you can't cure it. I'm like, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not trying to cure her. I'm trying to make sure that I do the best I can for right. her, man. Like, And even if it turns out that everything's cool, like, I still want to go and make sure everything's cool. But, yeah, so we're going to Stanford this coming year. I think in March. But Okay. Um, and then we... One thing that I, I was so inspired by listening to Kate was all the supplements that they are doing for OSHA. Um, we see, we have seen one time, <laughs> we've gone once to a holistic doctor who has a son with Down syndrome. And oh, wow. she, it's a, she's in Portland, so she's not local. But um, when we met with her, she was awesome. And she did give us some feedback for like things that we could do for Willow. We had her blood tested and we looked at her biochemistry and trying to um, see like where we can help support her system. And I just found, I just thought that was so cool. But what Kate was talking about was something I had never heard of before. So it's like, oh my gosh, I got to know more about this. And Oh, so do you want to, because we started to get into this a little bit before we hit record, but um, about... Uh, you said October is Down Syndrome Awareness Month. Yeah, and, um, it is. Starting to, finally starting to tell people yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, Down, Down Syndrome Awareness Month was this past October. And um, it was so funny because after we had her diagnosis, there was definitely a part of me that wasn't ready to tell anybody about it. I just, I needed to kind of wrestle with it before I shared, because I was really, um, I, I've been very hypercritical of myself, I think, in a lot of ways, ever since we got her diagnosis, and just immediately Mm -hmm. I had this, I don't want 
to even give off the slightest impression that I'm upset about this diagnosis. So I need to make sure that I'm at a point where I can share about her having Down syndrome and 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 sh- and not cry. I was just like, I don't want right. I don't want people to think I'm sad about my kid because I'm really not. I'm just, I'm a little sad about maybe the extra challenges that she's going to face in her life, but not about who she is. And I really want to make that clear to people. So, so I didn't know. So I wrestled with it for a long time. We told our family, obviously. And, um, I remember the first time we told one of our, our close friends, we were sitting at Mazzotti's. And Steve goes, well, she's got Down syndrome. <laughs> and the person on the receiving end was like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, we we did not know how to share that information. So we were just like, Steve, Steve just decided he was going to go for it. And, and, um, and it was okay. And I remember thinking like, oh, all right, maybe people are going to react okay. And so far. We've been lucky to, when when we've shared with friends, for the most part. It's been really positive. But, you know, Facebook and social media is, is such a part of our lives. And I knew that I had to post on Facebook that Lil has Down Syndrome. Because I don't want to hide it from people. It's mm-hmm. part of my life. and But I didn't know how to do that without feeling weird or doing not doing it justice or making it you know I I didn't know how to do it and so Down Syndrome Awareness Month is October every month I thought here's my chance here's my chance to say it positively and um I did I I posted a beautiful picture of our little baby and I said you know something along the lines of October's Down Syndrome Awareness Month, and Steve and I have the privilege of celebrating it with Willow this year, and we're so honored, (laughs) and I want to share it with you guys. (laughs) So That um, sounds like a beautiful way to uh, tell people. Yeah, uh, so that's how I did it, and then I also was like, and I, I, you know, I had not told anybody about anything that happened, like, at all. One minute I was pregnant, and the next minute I had a baby, and I was like here we had a baby you know I didn't really share any anything about what happened and so I wrote it I, I wrote it down and um I wrote a, I wrote a blog post about it and then I posted that blog with my like down syndrome awareness month announcement um and I ta- and this was before I I learned of your podcast and I named the blog Walking with Willow. And then when Tara told me about Walking with Freya and you had that call for birth stories, I was thinking, oh my gosh, it's Down Syndrome Awareness Month, Walking with Willow, Walking with Freya. Uh She's asking for birth stories. This is maybe, maybe this is like the universe opening up a path. Um, yeah. And just, I, I was really nervous to reach out to you, but then I thought, well, it might be nice to meet another person who's on a, a similar journey, and um, and it's, I don't get a lot of opportunities to share, really, to be, like, the person who shares, so I was like, oh, that might be kind of fun, <laughs> you know, to, yeah. 
to talk about my experiences. So that's, yeah, that's, that's how I came to find you. And that's a little bit about Down Syndrome Awareness Month. And we went to our first buddy walk. Oh, nice. In October. And that was really cool. And that is, um, for people that didn't listen to the Kate episode, that's oh, like kind of a yeah. meetup for families mm-hmm. who have children that have Down syndrome. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, buddy <clears throat> walk. Well, I know something about BUDS is stands for building up Down syndrome. Okay. And I don't know if like buddy walk is a spinoff that or I don't really know a lot of the backstory, but Basically, yeah, it's a fundraiser um, for either the local Down syndrome group or, or community or um, organization. I don't know the name of it, but um, or like the National Down Syndrome okay. organization. But we did the one in Orange County. My parents are from Orange County. That's where I transplanted from. And so we went down there and my parents and grandparents and aunt and uncle and sister and brother got to do it with us and it was really fun so the one that we went to the walk that we went to supported the um, orange county chapter down syndrome alliance association in orange county or something um fancy name like that so and it was really cool it was at angel stadium and we all got matching t-shirts and nice (laughs) Yeah. And so did you did you make some connections? And... I did. Yeah, I did. I I I did. I met a woman that I idolize. <laughs> um she um she's a mom. She has two kiddos who have down syndrome. She also does a podcast um that I listen to and she's big on Instagram. She's like big in the down syndrome community on Instagram and after Will was diagnosed I couldn't look at articles online or like medical mm-hmm. or anything I couldn't google down syndrome and read anything about it. it it was a lot of it's too like kind of negative like tone um so I went to Instagram and I just searched down syndrome and this hashtag came up called the it was the it's like hashtag the lucky few like the the lucky few people have down syndrome right. so sweet you know and uh this woman is like the creator of that hashtag or whatever and so i follow is that her, her. Po- the name of her podcast or? yeah the lucky okay. few podcast yeah and um so i like she was the first person on instagram I was posting pictures of her beautiful kiddos, and she's like a champion advocate for her kids, and she shares a lot about like advocacy. And her kids are a little bit older, ten and like five or something like that. So I got to meet her, and I just totally bawled when I saw her. It was like (laughs) it was like a celebrity (laughs) sighting, you know? She, she's, and she's so kind. And I remember being like, "Oh my God, Steve, 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 that's her!" Like. That's her. And <laughs> that is so cute. Oh like, you know, she's, 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 I mean, in my mind, she's like the world's best thing, but she's nothing fancy. Like, she's a regular person, you know, she's not a celebrity or anything. So I'm sure she might have been a little like, what the heck? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm so happy to meet you. No, I was just like gushing over her. But I, I did, I met her and, um, I, I got to hug her, and we both just, like, kind of 
silently, didn't really exchange a lot of words, but hugged really tight and like cried together like immediately. And I was like, you're the first person that I found after we got our diagnosis and you've helped me so much. And that's pretty much all I said. And I just cried like a little baby. And the funniest part about it was I didn't even have Willow in my arms. I just like random person like blabbering up to her and she was like do you have a baby <laughs> like like do you have a child with down syndrome <laughs> like oh god i would probably look like a real weirdo but yes she's like where is she <laughs> like she's with her dad that's where, like where they were standing just a few feet back because the baby was sleeping on his back and so they came over and she met the baby, so that was like the best part about that buddy walk for me was was meeting her, and I got to um, meet a whole slew of other moms and dads who have kids with Down syndrome, and I remember going to the walk being really nervous at first because I had never met someone in person who was a parent to a child with Down syndrome. And I remember feeling so nervous for some reason. And I remember thinking, I'm going to meet people with Down syndrome today. I'm so excited. And then we went to the walk and it was so anticlimactic. You know, I just like had this built up in my mind, like, I get to meet people who have Down syndrome. And the people who were there that had Down syndrome were just, they just seemed so regular to me. And mm-hmm. it, it was like, oh, duh. <laughs> like, why am I nervous? Like, we're the same. And Willow is going to be perceived the same way. Like, she's a regular person in our community. And it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be okay. And um, it was really cool. It felt like I, 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 when I was telling Steve about it, I just on that day at the buddy walk, I felt like someone hugged my soul. It was just like, like I just to like the deepest part of me, I just felt so happy to be around people who knew your experience, to to see that you know Willow has a community, of, a big community of people who you know, are there to to pave the way for her in a lot of ways, you know, that was really cool. So, yeah, Down Syndrome Awareness Month, the Buddy Walk, it was really great. You know, the, the first year, the first couple of years, especially that first year, can be such a raw, mm-hmm. um, sensitive place, and mm-hmm. I think it's amazing that you have started a blog, and that you're here, and you're talking about it. And I think that some people do that. Like for me with, with Freya, um, I told people right away when I got the diagnosis and I called people out. That's just kind of who I am. I need, I just needed my community to know. And it was just kind of like phone calls like, hey, mm-hmm. this is a diagnosis and I'll talk about it again another time. Mm-hmm. And I started the blog as a way to kind of process and talk about it without having to bring it up at like barbecues and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm getting sidetracked now, but I just, I think it's great that you, that you're opening up like this. And I am, I think it's, you know, it's a shame how a lot of it was handled in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I hope that it, that you have easier 
times ahead and that you yeah, get thanks. because I've had so many people and we've had so many people in our life with Freya like you know therapists and educators that have been amazing so yeah. they're out there and you're gonna yeah. meet them it's yeah. gonna get easier <laughs> thanks so I guess I had a question of just like what do, what do you need now oh wow <laughs> from the community wow. from That's kind of a, load, a big question. It is a big question. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do I need? I. Or what do you hope to find from the community? Yeah, I. I immediately went to the medical community um, because I need them to know more about Down syndrome. I find that re. I find that. I, I think that a lot. Like, I wish it wasn't so hard to get you to look a little bit deeper. And it would be really great if there was more, just a little bit more knowledge about what Down syndrome is. And just because she has an extra chromosome doesn't mean that that chromosome is what's doing stuff, you know? Um, and I, I, I feel sometimes really overwhelmed having to do all the medical research myself sometimes and bring it to the doctors. And I wish, I wish they would do it. I wish they would do the medical research. Um, I feel like sometimes it might be easier for them to understand. It takes me probably a lot longer because I've got to like, oh, mitochondria, what does that do? Right. You know, like, um. But I, uh, but otherwise, I also think I I need to be I need to be plugged into the community of people who are on similar journey that I am. So I find I find that when I go to mom groups or when I hang out with um, people who are the same age as Willow, it feels a little bit more isolating than I did before I went to hang out. Mm. Um, Willow's on a different path. She's on a different trajectory. And it's hard sometimes to not have someone um, that I can relate to. And on that same path, I uh, it's hard when they're like, oh, she'll get there. It's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I know that. But you don't need to point it out, <laughs> you know? So I, I need a, I need community, I think. Just people who are on my similar journey. But it's lonely sometimes. <laughs> oh, thanks. I need to get a cute little tissue box or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I ha there's a... I don't know if you heard this episode, but it was one where I was talking about, like, the feeding issues that Freya had, and yeah. then, like, what came up as I was telling my story, and that's kind of what I was getting to, that, um, you know, like, how important it is to tell our story, and because things do come up, and what came yeah. up for me was just this, the memory, just remembering that time, and three of my closest friends all had babies, we all had babies within five months of each other, and these were, like, some of my closest friends, so yeah. it wasn't, the option wasn't to not hang out with them. Right. You know? 
I mean, sometimes it was, but there was a lot of hanging out with them and having that in my face. Yeah. This is what my baby is not doing. This is what my kid is supposed to be doing, and she's not doing yeah. it. And it is a very lonely place, and there's not... I don't know what there is to say in those situations. I don't know that they ever really said the right things either. You sure. know, they never yeah. said bad things, but... You know, it, there is, you know, that we want to yeah. placate people. We want to make people feel better. Yeah. So it's like, oh, my child does that too, or my, yeah. you know. And, but it's not, it's not yeah. the same. It's not the same. Yeah, mm. no, I, it's, it's not the same. And also too, like, I, <laughs> I want, I want, sometimes when I'm with, you know, other mamas who have kiddos who are doing things, um, it's like, yeah, that's so cool, but man, Willow works really, really, really hard to do the things that she's doing, so, um, like... Mine's better. Like, <laughs> I kind of have that, like, she tries harder, like, her milestones, like, they just mean more, you know? Like, she's better than your kid. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. <laughs> you know, I don't think, I don't think that's a healthy way to view it, but... Sometimes I just like it's funny because people think the the thing the right thing to say is like oh she'll get there and I'm like man maybe let's focus on damn girl that's pretty awesome that you're holding your head up right <laughs> that is hard <laughs> like that's really hard Willow's Willow is um doing really well at sitting up right now um and it's. It's really hard for her to sit up for a long period of time. And she works really hard at it. She's so cute and she's like wobbly and she's like trying to do it. She's trying so hard. And, um, you know, and, and that's one of the things that we work on with Deb. And Deb really, really, really helps us with that. But people, especially at daycare, they're like, well, she wants to sit. Maybe we can put her in the sit position. I'm like, no. Like, don't do it. You're going to ruin all the oh. work that she puts in, you know. But, yeah, she does. She tries really dang hard. And she's really, really, really strong-willed. She's like, I'm going to do it. Like, I could just see it in her yeah. eyes. Like, I'm going to do it. I want to ask a favor. Are you finding these stories helpful? Are you finding comfort in knowing that you are not alone on your journey? That we all experience frustrations and grief and confusion along with the joys and the laughter and the smiles? Can you help me spread the word so that others can be a part of this community we are creating? So they too can have the opportunity to find acceptance, inspiration, comfort, and connection through these stories. In your community, your special needs community, can you share this podcast? Is there an episode that really speaks to you or perhaps discusses an issue you know a friend or peer is grappling with? Send them the link to the episode. Tell them how to find it. I am sharing the word on Instagram and Facebook and in my special needs community, but I need your help also. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast one press of a button and that will be sure that you get the new newest episodes as they come out along with getting this podcast higher on the charts 
Please rate the podcast and leave, leave a review. This also helps get the podcast noticed by more people, some of whom may really need to hear these stories. And also remember that if you would like to share your story, you can email me at walkingwithfreya at gmail.com. Get in touch with me. Let me know that you want to share it, and we will figure out how we can do that. I really and truly believe in what it is that I am doing here. I know what benefits can come from sharing our stories, our own reflection, a deeper understanding of our journey, an acceptance, a newfound hope, movement through the grief, connections, and compassion. All of these are such positive aspects that we gain when we share our stories, when we listen to others share theirs, and we become a part of this community. So thank you for your help in getting this podcast out into the world. Thank you for listening to my story. Thank you for sharing your story. And thanks for being a part of this special needs community. Because we all need each other. Thanks for being here.